This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy and enjoy the show. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday week, a bit earlier on uh, in the week as, as usual, because, you know, we kind of just wanted to get it out of the way. It's become, it's become that one of them times where, you know, we've had a couple of poor results and we think, Christ, we've got to record something. Let's get it out there. So joining me tonight, I've got Vic, Dave and Steve. Um, you know, I've just had a nap. I've just woke up and uh, I've just had the internet go out on me, which is weird because all my lights are on Alexa. Uh, none of my messages sent, you know, I, I didn't realize, you know, I always thought I was quite an industrious guy, you know, I'm a Yorkshireman grown up in the eighties and all the rest of it. But, uh, but no, it's been an absolute mess. And if you're, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, just to just give the heads up, Vic and I aren't working in a call center right now as a second job, uh, looking at our little headsets. Uh, so, uh, well, where do I start? There's not a lot gone off. Um, there was a game played at the weekend. You know, one of our ex-players has gone somewhere else. That's pretty much it. So uh, stay tuned, kids, while uh, me, Dave, Ben, and Ben, while me, Dave, Steve, <laughs> and Vic, and not Ben, and his massive squash try and make sense of it all. So, Dave, uh, one all against Shrewsbury Town. Saido Berahino getting on himself off the, uh, off, the, off the mark. I mean, it weren't that bad, were it? Um... We needed to have some form of response and we got it for all of about 20 minutes by the looks of it. So I've only seen the highlights. So my views are going to be probably slightly controversial because the power of propaganda and whoever edited the highlights would make you think it was fine margins, would make you think probably, you know, we started well, we came out of the traps. It looked like Shadipo uh, was a constant threat. It made it look like that on another day we'd have got five goals. It made it look like that Shrewsbury didn't do very much at all against us. But that's the advantages of having 95 minutes condensed to about 12 and it coming through Wednesday into glasses. Um, 
yeah, there's probably some positives to take from that game, but I think anybody that's probably been to the game is going to piss all over them straight away. Um, Berahino needed the first goal and he got it, and he looked like he should have scored two in the first 10 minutes, and now he's injured. So, welcome to Wednesday, Stido. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steve, the, you know, look, looking at the game, it, would you would you agree that it was a game of two halves or a game of 20 minutes and the rest of it was a bit... Um. I think it was a game of Wednesday being on top until the penalty miss, if I'm honest with you. I think it's it's cliche and I know that Bannon's had some hammer over the last sort of day or two in terms of missing the penalty. And um, I have opinions on that, but I, I think we were in control of the game and we were comfortably the better side. And like Dave said, we needed a reaction after the last two games and we set up well. Um Every week, and you know, I've, I've made no secret of it over the last few weeks. I've given up trying to pick a side. Um, I say week in, week out, like a broken record. I don't believe we know what the best side is yet. I think, if anything, we've got a little bit of an issue in terms of the number of potential or perceived quality players that we've got in um, similar positions. Do we play Shadipo? Do we play Corbinu? Do we play um, Johnson? Do we play any other variation of the wingers that we've got up either side of a a striker, do we do we bring Camberry on and play him on the wing for the last 10, 15 minutes? Um, you know, it was it, the setup was absolutely fine. I thought the 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 way that the, the team started the game was absolutely fantastic. We we could have had a goal before we got the goal. Um Arahino looked very I thought Shadipo was a standout player in the first half. I thought we were controlling the game from the back um uh, as we as we went forward out and I, I foresaw there being no issues and I think, to be honest with you, as um, we, we won the penalty, I thought it was, it was going to be one of those games where, you know, we're going to go on, score the penalty, get another goal, get another goal um, and run out like that sort of stereotypical 3-4 um, nil at home against a team that we should be beating 3-4 now. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, you know what, given the way we started, I thought that's the way it was going to go. But they always seem to look really, um, really dangerous on the counter. I, I don't know what it was. We just didn't look like we were... We were steady enough at the back. Um, I mean, I mean, Vic. You know, we we've discussed over the last six years, ten years, uh, well, six because it's Barry Bannon about him. You know, he, he, as as Steve mentioned and as Dave touched upon there, he's come under a fair, fair amount of critique, fair amount of criticism. I mean, he's just a bloke that missed a penalty. Mark Noble won, didn't he? Was he was he that bad, or did he did he try and do it all himself, as we always keep discussing? Yeah, can I just say before I say something, if Steve had a black T-shirt on on YouTube, this would look like a really bad corporate video, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, think it I think it looks like one of those, uh, you know, like you used to get those players to come on the, at, at school, you know, where they all come and do some, some amateur <laughs> dramatics and go, hey, I'm just a kid like you and they're all 35. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all match at least, but I bet you like, haven't got a little dinosaur. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I, uh, I, I tell you what it is. I now got to a certain age where I went to Primark and bought four black T-shirts. So uh, I've just realised how slim in black is this week. So, um, yeah, I've turned 40 really well. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it was one of those things where I saw a tweet yesterday and I said it in the group and Ash shot me down. But Classic. It was one of those things that had he have scored the penalty, he could have walked away being man of the match because he did set up the other goal. He did put in some decent court. Well, the, the corner for the goal was decent, a couple of decent crosses. But the penalty, I mean, the fact that it wasn't even on target is so disappointing. Like, if even if you just kick it straight down the middle, you've got to hit that target. 
it's just not acceptable otherwise. Um, and it was sloppy. And then, yeah, it really felt like he was doing everything um, mm-hmm. and not doing any of it to a very high standard. Um, I don't like Hutch in midfield. Sorry, Stevie. I don't think that worked at all. I think Dunkley was well behind most of the match. Um, and I think that that should have been switched up and Hutch should have dropped back to what he's good at. And it just, I don't know, it did feel a bit like the Barry Bannon show, but like we'd got like Ramon Bannon, you know, like <laughs> the evil twin, because it wasn't it wasn't the Barry Bannon that we know. It was more like the Barry Bannon that turned up at Wembley. Um, mm. It was trying to do everything and not actually doing much at all. Um, and there were some points where we, we kept trying to do fancy things. And I think that's something that because of the players we've signed and the egos that we've probably got in the team, you don't need to do 50 step overs just because you're playing against Shrewsbury Town. You know, just just whack the ball in. They're playing in the same league as you. Like, it's not a cup match. It's none of this. You have been relegated to that league. You are in that league. You need to play like you're in that league. And that Corbinio or whatever his name is, when he, they brought him in on the wing for some reason, was doing like 30 step overs to try and get across in six yards. You think, well, what, what are you doing that for? It doesn't look fancy. You're doing it against Shrewsbury. Like, you're not doing it against Man City. And the way we act is like, we shouldn't be in this league and all that. Well, we should, because we were absolutely shy. Well, you know, if you believe the uh, believe the papers on uh, how many points Derby County should have actually had taken off them last season, we should have only just been relegated. You know, <laughs> we'll see how that goes, kids. But I, I, I tell you what, that I, Vic. So you mentioned the wings uh, from you know the, watching the game myself. I didn't, I didn't see any use of the wings. You know, it, it just seemed every time you know that the fullbacks would push forward, there'd be a cut inside to Bannon. He'd cut it back and then uh, Hutchinson would break up the play. And, uh-huh. and you, you're exactly right about Dunkley. He was the one that genuinely concerned me at the back. He, you know, there's a few times that I offer saved his blushes because they've got that big Atinu 2.0 that they had up front that seemed to have a load of pace. And, yeah. and for some reason, we didn't, we didn't use the wings. I mean, we just need to get the ball in the box, don't we think? We got, I mean, Palmer and Hunt, you know, ran ragged up the mm-hmm. side. But yeah, as far as midfield wingers go, it was... All they do is run into the centre. And I know that Darren Moore doesn't like playing wide because we've had the pitch made, like, what's the word? Narrower. Less, less Narrower. wide. Narrower. <laughs> less wide. <laughs> we've had the pitch made less wide. Yeah, yeah, we've and taken some girth off it. We have. Well, you, well I mean, Darren doesn't need to do that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was... It does feel like... No, I, do, I meant with his hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. He's got yeah, yeah. hands. Um, so yeah so it was I don't know it was really just it screamed of arrogance and cockiness that we assumed all the time and like like Steve said once that penalty went in it could have probably been 4-0 but the fact is it didn't go in because our captain put it four yards wide and therefore we went to shit so it's just like but there just doesn't seem to be that wake-up call yet of you're not very good you're in this league for a reason because you're not that good even like Mourinho, etc. You're not that good. You're playing Sheffield Wednesday. I do think it was a time in the highlights that I didn't see. It's just it's one isolated incident from the game, but it sums up a lot of what Vic's just saying there in terms of use of width and simplicity. One of the chances that we got, and I think it was Gregory that eventually had it um, in the in the later in the first half, and it was Bailey Peacock Farrell got the ball out wide just out to Hunt, caught him out early, and Hunt had got pushed forward really, really well, uh, and. 
I think, I don't know if um, it got into Terahino and then it, it broke to, to, to Gregory and all that, but it was simplicity itself. It was getting the ball wide and forward and rather than overcomplicating things or step overs or checking back and all that, it was just going to the players or trusting your players to find the space when it's there. If there's nobody in front of you, go into the space rather than looking to, you know, to come back and check again and beat your man. And I think if we can get past that, expectation that we we need to go out there and, and in a particular way rather than just go out there and win um i think if we just we just do the basics first and then we can worry about looking beautiful doing it it was i know exactly which point you mean uh dave it was um one of their set pieces it was like a fast break in basketball we caught the ball and i know that ash has been quite critical and outspoken about the distribution from Peacock Farrell in the past. I thought he, he, he rolled the ball out to the halfway line on the right-hand side in front of the north. I think it was Shadipo that's that's linked it through to uh, to Gregory. And it was one end of the pitch to the other inside, three, four seconds. There was no messing about. Um, no three-touch, four-touch, no triangles. It was, right, we're going to get the ball. We're going to counter-attack. Um, we're going to hit him on the break and we're going to look a threat. And, you know, I turned to my mate that I was at the game with and, and sort of I looked at him, he's looked at me and he's, at that point we thought, you know what, how nice and simple was that and how good, you know, how good did it look and how effective could we be if we just looked to be. And you, I, I feel with more, there, need, there needs to be that sort of that trademark, that sort of stamp of authority that we're going to be the better football team. Like Vic says, we feel like at times it's almost like we've got a God-given or divine right to, to, to be the best team on the pitch. And I think at, at times we don't need to play that sort of style of we're going to play the triangles, we're going to play through the third. Sometimes you can just go and get the ball from one end of the, the pitch to the other as quickly as possible and catch them on the break. And I think that's a that's, that's an important trait that we're going to need because I find a, a, the, the, the games that I've seen this season, a lot of the time, like Shrewsbury did, it was Cosgrove up top, the the, the big centre forward. He, you know, he's still on the halfway line. And at times in the second half, it was literally parking the bus time, and they, you know, we couldn't break them down. And I think that's the big problem that we've got as a team. I don't know what other people think, but um, for me personally, we can play all the great little triangles and the wonderful little sort of tippy tappy five yard football in the world. But whilst they've got ten players behind the ball, we're, we're not going anywhere, and that's the issue. So, so do you reckon we're trying to live a, you know, we're trying to live a champagne lifestyle on a Lambrini budget? Give it, you know what I mean? It, are, are we, are we those type of teams where we think we're going to go out, we're going to smash everybody, and let's try and make it look nice as well? Whereas, you know, Darren Moore knows this league. It's League One for God's sake. It is shit kicker football, and it, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's very. Like, like the example you're describing there, guys, is is bread and butter football. It's what Ron Atkins used to refer as bread and butter. You know what I mean? Your 10-yard passes, your inside out, quick one-twos, bosh, bosh, bosh. Um, so when we lost our formation after the penalty, I mean, if you think about it, we've got four at the back and then you've got Adeneran and, uh, and Hutch as the holding midfielders and then Bannon behind them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which, which what that would have done was just completely isolate Shadipo, Berahino and Gregory yeah. just up, up there on their own. And they're now dropping back deeper to get the ball. And now you've just got poor bloody Lee Gregory stood up front going, mm-hmm. well, you know what I mean? The the irony of us needing somebody like Atinuyu and Callum Patterson to hoof it to, because we've lost our talismanic midfielder because he's lost his head again in terms of possession, is, is getting quite frustrating, Vic, no? Yeah, it is. But the thing is, like Lee Gregory, I always say this and people don't seem to like, realise, but he's actually six foot two. He's yeah, not he's little. Stag. He's a yeah. big lad. And that just shows how tall our team is, really, because he does look short compared to some of the players. Um, but yeah, it was just, 
it's what was it who was it Alan Irving that you say about tippy tappy football and that's the thing that's what we shouldn't be doing you know it doesn't work and it it didn't work on Saturday don't get me wrong like we said the first 20 minutes we were great and everything was going great but there was a lot of hoofing it wasn't tippy tappy then it seemed like after after the penalty and it was the subs as well and like the subs have all come on with a point to prove that you know they're this new you know this fancy guy with a funny surname that sounds like a sauce like Corbin Watt um like he's just come on and all these crossovers and things you think I don't give a shit just Mm -hmm. put it in the bloody box it's like going back to Jermaine Johnson the years (laughs) when actually it's all right doing that but if you don't get anywhere I'd rather you just boot it in um, or, or boot and, into Rosette at Charlton, you know? What yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah, from Hillsborough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just didn't work, did it? And I think as well. Um, I know you've just praised him there, Stevie, but I've got to bring up Peacock Farrell. I thought he had a screamer again. I thought he was embarrassing at points. Um, and I spoke to a Leeds fan uh, a couple of weeks ago, who's I was raving about him. It might have been it's before the other howler. And I said, you know, he looks great. I can't believe you let him go. And he went, Tom Lees, you just wait. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. He went, you hated Tom Lees. He said, I swear to God, he is another Tom Lees. He'll shine and he'll be an absolute superstar. And the world will be talking about him for like the first few months. And then you'll go, fucking hell again. And like on Saturday, that when he dropped that ball was just atrocious. There were most of the match, he stands on the halfway line. And he doesn't seem to have any sort of inkling of running back. And we're not good enough for him to do that. We are not solid enough yet. I don't know if we will be, but he shouldn't be in those positions when he's got to run back. He's not been caught out yet, but he will be. Because aside from my author, we're not really a pacey defence. I mean, Jack Hunt was and maybe can be on his day, same as Palmer, but they're both getting on a bit. And actually, it's only really I author that's got the pace. And if he stood on the halfway line, that's just another embarrassment waiting to happen. I mean, that's that's now two two goalkeeping errors in two games from from BPF Dave. I mean, I mean that's pretty scathing from Vic. Do you reckon he's going he's going to go the way of Tom Lee's? I mean, we had some good times with him, didn't we? Some days. <laughs> it's condensing Tom Lee's career, isn't it? It's just Tom Lee's was when he was good. He was good. He was good when he had somebody alongside him. Uh, that could talk him through a game when it was Glenn Lugas, but he couldn't stand up by himself. I, I suppose a problem with a goalkeeper is always going to be you've got to be you've got to be very broad shouldered. You've got to carry your mistakes. You've got to be humble when you've when you when you're the hero. I think there's a lot of goalkeepers through the through the years, particularly you know even at Wednesday who have who have had a, an ego and had a had a personality and a character. Um, but have been big enough um, to, to to run through mistakes when they've made the mistakes. And, you know, we've had most recently Westwood being another terrific goalkeeper, but again, not without a mistake in him and, and but being big enough to, to be able to own them and admit the, uh, admit the mistakes he's made. I think if Peacock Farrell isn't in our goal and we are playing either uh, Dawson or Wildsmith, you couldn't say, I don't think you could say categorically that those mistakes wouldn't have been made by either. those are two goalkeepers. So whether we're not in any better position than we would be with his own uh, staff that's on the payroll permanently or not, um, he is a good goalkeeper, Peacock Farrell, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Uh, he has had these mistakes and it is going to be whether or not he can he can get over them or not. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just don't necessarily know that taking him out of the uh, the spotlight would be would be any better for us as a team or for him as a person. That's a, that's an interesting point actually because there's a, there's always that element. I mean, goalkeepers are now renowned for being a bit, uh, what's the word? They're full of character. Do you know what I mean? They're mavericks, uh, or, or they're just insane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and there's a, there's an ever there's a level of what if we drop him a lone player brought in to take that number one shirt, if we drop him, you kind of go, well, if we're not going to play him, just send him back what we're playing him for. Because, I mean, Steve, the, you know, if you were to ask an Exeter fan right now who's the best player to put on that goalkeeping shirt the last 10 years, you know what they'd say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... How can I put this? I I, I take all the points that have been said. I, I think some people... and. and Take this with the best respect in uh, the the greatest respect in the world. Um, some people have short memories, and we're we're three weeks away from you know Peacock Farrell being the greatest okay. goalkeeper we've ever seen. You know what I mean? We, we we're sitting there talking about the fact that um, uh, we've talked about the long loves, and that was derived of the fact that he'd saved four penalties or whatever it was in that period of time. Um, and we were we the, we'd seen pictures of people saying, "Is he the the you know does he deserve his sort of." His face on the Mount Rushmore of Sheffield Wednesday goalkeepers, absolutely not, by the way, um, because he's been there for five minutes, and you know it doesn't work like that. However, um, you know for 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 the the the, the mistakes that he's made and his cost as the goals, you know we were lauding him three weeks ago. Um, I don't think uh, Wild Smith. I don't think dropping him is the right thing to do. I think no. that'll kill him. I think that'll absolutely slaughter him. I think that, that his head will go. We might as well send him back if we're going to drop him. Um, I think he needs a sustained run in the side um, to play devil's advocate. I would argue that potentially, um, as a, as a coach, you would always say, right, if if a goalkeeper makes one mistake and it leads to a goal, you remember it. Whereas you know Gregory will miss chances and Corbiano will drop bollocks when he can't get the ball in the box and Berahino headed one wide and, you know, it's a pat on the back. And we talk about Barry Bannon being another example to the other extreme, but other players that play in front of Peacock Prowl can afford to make mistakes because you've got a player like Peacock Prowl behind him. Um, that raises the sort of profile of the mistake that he makes. And that's, that, that's the, that's the life of a goalkeeper. It's very difficult. Um, however, I would, would have liked to have thought that we'd have been at a point when he drops that ball um, on Saturday, that we we're, the game's out of sight, or it should have been out of sight because of the way that we started. We got to a position where the players in front of me effectively dig him out before he's made that mistake in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I think I, I agree with you. Now, Vic, I'm I'm going to come to you about about these players. I thought Adenaran and Shadipo were a glimmer of light. Why are you coming to me? Is it because I've had them confused for the last few months? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't. Do you know what? It's because I, for somehow I was absolutely convinced that Dennis was seven. That was just in my head. It wasn't anything to do with like the way they look, the way they run or whatever. And then I now feel like a right Burke. <laughs> well, Dennis, Dennis Adeneran is that one that, and I, and the last time I used this analogy was for Rady Johnson. Looks like a daddy long legs on a urinal in the summer. You know yeah. what I mean? You know how they kind of bounce. Around. That's that. That's that one. That's that guy. The one that's that's next to Sam Hutchinson. You know, uh, not so slim, shady. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so he's. But they're very similar height. They run very similar. They're yeah, in a yeah, similar yeah. position. They wear the same boots. It's like yeah. I've, I'm 33. My eyesight's going. Help me out. Like I got Tom. Um, not Tom Leeds. Barry Bannon and Sam Hutchinson confused at the. I weekend. did a couple so of times. It's, I must it's admit. definitely <laughs> like, it's definitely an age thing. Uh, but yeah, I think. 
Dennis is a favourite of mine. I absolutely love him. I think he's got the nicest smile in the world as well. Um, and yeah, I think they played well. But like we said earlier, you know, there was nothing really getting to them. It was just, I know obviously the goal went through, but really it we kind of just missed midfield altogether in that game. It, everything just went over it, um, mm-hmm. but not in the right way. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, did you feel that like Hunt and Palmer were a little bit, stifled as it were mm-hmm. they didn't seem we didn't seem to set up i mean hunt has played what what you used to call wing back a, a lot of times you know he, he's capable at going forward and stable. Stay, well, with ross wallace they used to be absolutely yeah. outstanding together didn't they? So. they they were really very good and they can they can both deliver across and you know like i said steve will be absolutely giggling his boots that i'm praising liam palmer right now but they didn't seem off, to... he's absolutely outstanding <laughs> first off absolutely yeah, outstanding. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think you put a foot wrong, but there, there seemed to be a point because the way we were set up that they couldn't pass the halfway line. It was like, right, that's far enough, lads. Seeing a bit, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got to give it somebody better than you now that, that's going to be there. But those players just weren't there, and and the, the the misuse of the wings I found a little bit criminal. It seemed to be that we were playing like a four. Two, 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 and there was just nobody here at the mm-hmm. sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just seemed a bit odd. So you had like Berahino and Gregory, you had Bannon and Shadipo, and then Adenaran and Hutchison, and then the bike four, and just let you know. I'm pretty sure Italy, uh, Italy beat us in the Euros in 2012 with their uh, with a similar sort of formation. That's, that's got to be going back to more though, hasn't it? Because if you if you're Hunt and you've got attacking play in you, mm. uh, and, and Leo Palmer's quite happy to, to to keep going as well. He's got the he's got the engine to get going. If you're if you're moving forward in a wide position in the defence with with either a wide midfielder or a wide attacker in front of you, and once you've fed the ball to them, you are not going beyond them to try and see if you can then continue your run. That's got to be coming surely from the coaching set up to say, look, once you've passed that ball to a further attacking player, make sure you hold the shape going back. Now, that's, that's fine if you're playing against a team that's going to counter on you quickly. But if we are dictating... The, the pace of the game, then surely we should be looking for his fullbacks to, to feed the ball into the midfield or into uh, the wide player in front of them with a view then to pushing on so that you are then building bodies into the attack. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, I think that, that, did happen, that did happen to an extent at times in the first half. I thought Palmer and Shadipo actually linked up on the left-hand mm-hmm. side for the first sort of 20, 25 minutes, really, really well. Um, they were getting no change down down that, that sort of the, the near side as it was where I was sitting. And I think a lot of the threat and the, the you know, Shadipo looked a good player because we, we we played in that way in the first half. But, you know, it, it, become, it just became so desperate. And not to go back to the Bannon issue, but if Bannon doesn't miss the penalty, maybe Bannon plays with a little bit more freedom and doesn't feel like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders to try and dig us out of a hole that he's created. And I think that that maybe potentially has sort of played into the fact that Bannon's then going to drop deep because I'm going to try and make amends for the mistake that I've made and I'm going to try and be all over the pitch. I'm going to try and be um, all things to all people. Um, whereas if he's if he scores the penalty, he, he, he lets everybody else have the licence to go and express themselves a little bit more. Um, maybe that's a, a factor in the way that we... It just felt desperate in the second half. Certainly the last 10, 15 minutes just felt like a desperate sort of you know, attempt to, to dig ourselves out of the hole. Yeah, it looked like the last 10 minutes of the Crystal Maze where we're all just trying to grab the cash out of yeah, yeah, yeah. the Crystal yeah, Dome. Like, you know what I mean? That, that, that's genuinely what it looked like. But then, and then looking around at the uh, around the league, Vic, looking around at the other at the other teams, you've got Wigan smashing Accrington Stanley 4-1. And then you've got Milton Keynes-Dons 
battering them for one. And, and, uh, but then on the other side, you've got Sunderland drawing with Fleetwood. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Was it just a flash in the pan or do you feel like it's, uh, it's a bit of a sign of things to come? I think it's, like we said, it's so early on. Uh, I don't think there's any case for dropping people or looking at the league table or anything like that. But I'm kind of really contradicting what I said earlier. Um, But I think with teams like us and Sunderland, you are going to get teams playing up and playing their best game because they'll be in front of the bigger crowds. It's not necessarily because they're playing Sheffield Wednesday or Sunderland, but they're going to be in front of the bigger crowds. They've got a point to prove you know, that if they're the underdogs, there's always going to be that extra bit of fight in them. Um, but that gives us too much credit. Um, mm. I obviously didn't see the Sunderland game, but I think that gives us far too much credit for what happened on Saturday. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's a flash in the pan. But I think I think you're right, Vic. I think it's got something to do, you know, like on Champions League day where you think, oh, I'm going to have a bet. And you've got Real Madrid away at Young Boys Burn, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's got to be Real. But you don't really look at how Real are doing and, and what they're doing. You just go, Real Madrid will smash Young Boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you, you, oh, my God. <laughs> that, weren't, that, that weren't even, that weren't even a, 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 an attempt at a gag. They just because they beat Manchester United, that's why it was in my, uh, that's why it was in my head. Anyway, Dave, get me out of this. It weren't offside, were it? <laughs> It wasn't, was it? Um, it's again, we, we're getting to that thing where part of, ex, uh, of um, experiencing and living League One football is living and experiencing League One officiating, and mistakes are going to get made. Um, they're going to get made at every single level, but the lower down the footballing pyramid you go, the lower standard of officiating you're going to get. Uh, we should absolutely have done win the game by our own means um, and officiate, you know, officiating is going to go against you at times, but I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists that think it's because we're Wednesday or because we're a perceived bigger club or whatever. It's These things in themselves out over the course of the season. Uh, it didn't appear to be offside. I thought Shadipo took his chance very well, um, but it went against us and, and touched his life. There was plenty of football left to be played in that game at that point. Um, we should have just taken it as it was, but I think indicative of everything from that penalty miss onwards there's a, a bit of feeling sorry for sorry for ourselves individually and collectively uh, and whilst whilst you're in that rut and whilst you're doing that come on we should be beating these and if that's your if that's your mentality rather than just looking for opportunities to exploit your position in front of you um then yeah you, you, you're playing yourself before you're playing the team you're playing against so yeah bad decision a wrong decision but I think you need to just put your big boy pants on and just say, well, it went against us. I think the thing is with that goal as well, like they, they seemed to like not give up, but there was very lackluster effort after that offside goal. And actually, all right, it wasn't offside, it was offside, whatever. But as soon as that ball hit the back of the net in front of the cop and that roar went up and it was, it was deafening because it really felt like, fucking hell, we didn't deserve that. Where's that come from this last five mm. minutes? That should have been a point of getting straight back to it and doing it again for properly. Like it, that should have spurred them on to keep going and to score that goal. Like almost the same exact situation again, play the same ball through and do it again. But it just seemed like, oh well, the world's against us, and mm-hmm. it, there was just nothing from then on. I don't think we had a fight really until like the last five ten minutes. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate now. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was bang offside. I thought, he's miles off. What's the matter with you? And then it weren't until the stills that you see on um, 
on Twitter where where you can where there's literally a line drawn on the floor where sh- where should he post sets off from and you go actually yeah yeah got that wrong he was he was clearly onside but Steve that was a foul from Jack Hunt in the build up wasn't it no. See if he uses a barometer from now on that, that Henry Lansbury um, kick. <laughs> that, that, that's the line for a foul. Anything less than that's not a foul anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest with you, I, I was at the game Saturday and I've, I've I've not watched it back since. Nothing's come to my radar to to make me think that there was anything untoward that uh, that Jack Hunt did. Um, I, I, I think it was a good goal. I think it, was, it should have stood. But as Dave has said, I think over the course of the season, and we've all said previously, um, these things all, all, all balance themselves out over you know the next sort of six, seven months. Um, as far as I'm concerned, try, trying to remain as positive as I can. Um, if we win the next three, four games, everything's absolutely hunky-dory again, isn't it? So, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, but you there were some teams that are concerning me, though. I mean, Rotherham going to Bolton, Kieran Lee's Bolton, who were no mugs, by the way, and, and smashing two goals no, there. Very good side, Bolton. And then, and then, and then you've got, uh, you know, like I say, you've got MK Dons picking up, picking up results, and uh, and I think uh, is it Cambridge? They, they won. Let me have a look. Yeah, Cambridge beat Portsmouth. I mean, these, you know, this league's mental. But uh, but I feel that uh, HMS pissed the league might be docked uh, docked for the time being. But <laughs> but let's not forget it's still what how many games we played seven games. There's another thirty odd games to go yet. There you know there's a lot that can happen. But then again there's a, there's a lot can go wrong. I mean we're, we're what we're twelfth. We're uh, we're on eleven points and we are only five points from the uh, from the top. So uh, I think we'll be all right, lads. You know what I mean? Let's let's not lose our heads just yet. So. Um, you know that was that was half an hour at, at the shows ago. I think I think we covered a fair <laughs> amount there. Um, Vic, I missed it last week. Um, was there? Uh, did you want to talk about your ends about what's going on in uh, in the in the ladies' side of the supporters' game? Have you? Uh, I, I you know I, I, what I wanted to talk about was actually on the back of that was uh, Shelley's day out with uh, with Lee Bullen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about her game too last week, um, but I can exclusively tell you that I had a call with Sheffield FC today, the world's first football club, and they are officially now a partner of her game too. So once that's all signed, sealed and delivered, that'll be up and going. I've got a meeting with Hallam, um, just waiting on Liam back from Wednesday. But like I said, he's been amazing. Uh, but yeah, the campaign is going crazy. And when you play football manager next year, you may well see it on there as well. So it's getting getting a little bit exciting. Um, that's that's interesting because I, as you know, I'm a big advocate of football. Uh, manager. You are, yeah. I get I get constantly teased for saying the term AMC instead of Cam. Uh, you know what <laughs> I mean? Because it's attacking midfielder, centre, and and, that, it's, and that's the way it's been since 1993. Back when back when it was Championship Manager before Idos and Sports Interactive split, and back when Snickers was Opal Fruits, old type the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I had the one that was Kevin Keegan. Was that Premiership Manager? God, Premier Manager '99, I think that was. Yeah, yeah, you could just change yeah. all the players' names. It were all yeah. right. It were, it were good fun. But, but now, um, every time you play Championship Manager, you're going to be reminded of me. Wait, I've just. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a I time thought... to hang up. No, there was just there was just a load of. I just made a click in my ear, and it just says your, your default speaker and microphone had changed. I was like, oh, that's that's new. That's new. You can't tell I'm padding. Dave, talk about something with Sheffield Wednesday, mate, because there's not been, there's, there's not a lot gone off, is there? <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk about Shelley's day out. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah. well, you didn't. So I was going to move well, on. But yeah, talk about Shelley's day out. You were there. So, Come on. 
I've known Shelley since I was about 14, 15. So she was, she's my ex's big sister. Um, and we were together for quite a few years. So I knew her quite well. Oh, wow. um, and she's, she's a lovely, lovely lady. Um, and I knew Tyrone because they were together then. Um, they'd been together a very, very long time. Um, and it was devastating to see that he'd passed away. It was really, really sad. And I really felt for her because um, I know she, she lost quite a few relatives recently and she is very much on her own with a little boy. Um, so for the Wednesday family to kind of like rallied around her like they have just means the world. Like she's a lovely lady. Um, she, she, they, they got married at Hillsborough. Um, she's always gone. They, they did a load of stuff before Tyrone passed away. Um, and obviously there was the pandemic, so that didn't really help matters. But to think that she's literally been on her own since with a little boy in the middle of a pandemic, lost her husband. And the one thing she wanted to do was get back to Hillsborough. And I just think that the fact that people rallied around and made that possible for her. Um, and obviously she had the day out with Bullen as well, which we, you can't say enough about how great Lee Bullen is as an ambassador for this football club. Like he's just one of his own and he's going to be someone that... If I ever had kids and he walked past, I'd be like, oh, you never guess who that is. He was a legend in my day, like my mum does now, with like Roger Wilde or whoever. Um, and I do think it's going to be one of those like things with Lee Bullen. And the fact that he's gone and done that, I know knowing Bully, he will have contacted her directly. This won't have been a PR stunt through the, the club. That will have been Lee Bullen sending her a message. Um, and just, yeah, she looked like she had a great time. She's got a shirt on hopefully now she'll feel like she can go back there because obviously it was something that they did as a couple and then as a family um and it must just be really really difficult to be on your own with the child and lose someone you've been with for I think gosh she must have been about 18 when they got together um and so it's like at least 15 years and it's just awful it's really really sad um and Tyrone was lovely really really nice um so yeah it's dreadful but hopefully she can keep coming back to games feel a bit better about stuff and we all know that it is when you've got like a passion for a football club or something, it really does. It means a lot to you and it keeps you going through a lot of things. And I think for Shelley, hopefully this will be a bit of a turning point now where she feels she can do more. I think you touched on this as well. Pick yourself with the, with the her game to um, last, uh, last time round when you were talking about how you can, you can feel yourself distanced from a club that your circumstances were different for yourself, but you can find yourself removed, obviously, like you're talking in Shelley's case. And, and there'll be a lot of people listening who might have gone away from Wednesday. It is because of personal circumstances, maybe maybe just something that's in their own life, something that's affiliated to it. So I think when when there's, when you've made a conscious decision, when you've felt that you're ready to, to go back, to, to, to show yourself again because of the adversity you've had, and then to have that support uh, and to have the, the family that you choose, in this case with Wednesday, uh, for, for Shelley, to, to go there and to have so much support, to have people reaching out to her on Twitter, to have people within the club. And it is that whole sort of um, nobody's nobody's asking, nobody's judging. They're just it, It's just welcome to have somebody within the Wednesday family back and to have all that adversity to go in, in, in that in, in Shelley's life and obviously all the, the nonsense that, and uh, hassle that you've had to have people come back to you and go, well, come back in, you know, this is this is for you too. And I think it is good when that's the best of football and the best of Wednesday when you see you see the club and you see the individuals around the club, fans, supporters, uh, players affiliated to just say, look, we've missed you, come back. And and I really hope we see more next time I'm at Hillsborough. I hope we manage to see uh, Shelley there. Uh, and, and more people who might be 
not quite where she is yet, but maybe have had reason to come away from football saying, mm. no, look, look how happy she looks. That's, that's, it's time for me to go back into that and go back into to going back on my life. Yeah. And I think it is really important as well. Like I said, that, you know, we, we, we give the club a lot of credit for a lot of things that they do that are good for the community that are good for different things. But I think it's really important to give the credit here to, I think it was people on Twitter, the Wednesday Sing Facebook group and to Lee Bullen. I think they're the key people who deserve that credit. Um, Mm. And sometimes the greater being, if you like, can kind of soak up that credit and it can be, oh, how great was the club for and whatever else. But actually it was the acts of individuals. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the football club that made her feel like she could go back. I know the Mm -hmm. club obviously replied to her tweets and stuff like that, but I think, Lee Bullen especially does not get enough credit for stuff he does mm-hmm. because people do assume it's a PR stunt or, you know, the club's paid him to go for the day and he, that won't be the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing, absolutely, I bet my house on it, like that won't be the case. So, yeah, it was great to see. Amazing news. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm chuffed for her as well. Like, I, I think um, I think the nicest thing of it was is that, you know, I think I said it about two weeks ago, that, that Twitter's a toilet. It's an absolute toilet. And for somebody to lay themselves out like that, we saw it with Sid. We've seen it with a good few other people that have gone, do you know what? I'm not doing well. And a load of people who literally whinge 24-7 on a website go, well, hang on a minute, no. I, I tell you what it reminded me of. A, a mate of mine went to go and watch uh, Michael Jackson up at Aintree, like in the bad tour. And it was all these northerners kicking off. And then and then he was like, suddenly started having like a panic attack and started crying. And some, somebody went, whoa, 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 whoa. Got a kid here. We've got a youngin, and they made like a little gap for him. You know what I mean? It kind of, it kind of reminds you of that same mentality where people go, "This is shite. This is rubbish. Get everybody out, bloody rubbish!" Oh, whoa, whoa, hang on, someone's yeah. having a shit time of it. Like you know, and then everybody, everybody comes together. I find that, I find that insane, but I also, well, but in a good way. You know what I mean? So right, so coming up next, who have we got next? Who's next on the uh, on the fixture list? Do we do we know? I had to look. Ipswich. I should have looked at it. Is Ipswich, is Ipswich away? We're playing, uh, well, they, they were supposed to come out of this league a couple of years ago. They've chipped and changed managers. They've had some, I think, is it, is it, um, what's his face still in charge Paul, at, at the Paul top? Paul uh, Well, yeah, Paul Cook's there with his, uh, the man of a million voices. He's there. I was, I think it's the, <laughs> it was the chairman I was on about. But yeah, the, um, oh, Marcus Evans. Marcus it? Evans, yeah. So I nearly said Marcus Stewart, but I'm like, he's definitely not Marcus Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so coming up, Ipswich, you know, they, Mixed results once again, you know. I mean, well, Steve, how do you feel it, it could it could go, mate? We could go either way, really, couldn't it? It's, it's pointless trying to forecast what Wednesday are going to do at the minute. <laughs> um, I think it's one of those games where if you put the fixtures up on a calendar, you, you, it's one of those where you'd look at it with the Sunderlands, the Portsmouths. They're they're the, they're the ones, aren't they? Sunderland, Portsmouth, um, and Ipswich. For me personally, would be the games that I, off the top of my head, I'd go. Right, if we can go away and get a, a result there or a point there, and we can beat them at home, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be all right. Um, having said that, we'll handsomely win last weekend, and having said that, we'll win the week before, and having said we will <laughs> we'll win the week before that, and zero for three at the minute, um, I, I would take a point on Saturday, absolutely. What about you, Dave? Sorry, I'm going to click my daughter to finish rustling in the corner over there. You know, <laughs> um, I'm just looking at. The Ipswich is a good one to compare us with because if you look at the amount of personnel that they've brought in, they're in a similar situation, I think, to us in terms of not necessarily knowing the best starting eleven. The, the the individuals haven't particularly haven't necessarily gelled as much uh, yet um, as we would have hoped, similar to ourselves. I mean, I'm looking now just the table. 
they've obviously had a difficult start, but they've um, scored twice as many as we have, but conceded three times as many as we have. So whereas we've we've maybe not found his way yet, we're kind of just feeling his way to games. I think maybe they've gone a bit, you know, absolutely out, all guns blazing at games. That's when they're getting picked off. It's... I think both Wednesday and Ipswich at some point this season will kick on and we'll have a run of very good performances. It's just, is it going to be this game for us? Is it going to be this game for them? Or is it going to be sometime later on uh, for both of us? Uh, hopefully we can go there. We can uh, perhaps not have that same arrogance or expectation that there's a gulf in class between us and our perceived, um, perceived gulf in class between us and his opponents. It's going to be one of the more difficult games to go to the season. Um, it's probably not dissimilar to the Charlton game we played, but that was the first game of the season, so that had its own sort of nuances. Um, hopefully, we can go there and get a result and uh, and get up for it. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, unfortunately. Vic? Sorry, hold on. <laughs> just, my bank's just got back to me after four hours of waiting. Um, oh, are, you, are you on an online chat? There I'm on an online chat with old Monzo. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last time I went to Ipswich was the first game Steve Bruce was in charge. So if that's wow. not a good omen, I don't know what is. Um, I I think who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the lineup's going to be, to be honest, because I don't think any of us knew what the lineup or the, well, the formation was going to be until about 10 past three on Saturday afternoon. So if it's the same as that again, who knows? Um, I, my biggest wishes and sympathies are with those who are traveling, having traveled to Plymouth the week, well, last week, week before. I think that is a lot of miles to do in a short space of time to already have conceded three goals in that time that I would hate if it's a loss I it's and we managed to sell a single ticket to any other away game I think that's testament to those fans that go to away games to be honest because Mm -hmm. it is a long nasty journey it's not a particularly great area as like where the ground is there's not a lot of stuff to do there's like a Toby Carvery type pub and that's about it um it's it's not a fun away game um, but we've still sold it out after the mess that was Plymouth and after last Saturday as well. So hats off to the people that are going. But yeah, I wouldn't be able to call it. Well, I, I think it's going to be a draw again and it's going to be two teams absolutely scrapping for their dignity uh, because, you know, that's 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 League One, isn't it? Nobody, nobody wants to be there if you play Premier League football. Uh, does anybody else have any other business before I wrap this up? My apologies for a short one this uh, this evening, folks. There's not been a lot happened, and uh, there hasn't. But do you know what's really good? Probably for you more so from a hosting point of view is Dave's clock in the background lets you know like what time you're at, so we know that we're coming to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's so helpful because normally I'm like checking the time and then checking this and checking that, whereas now we know five to nine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, if you're listening to this on the way down to Ipswich, uh, my apologies for Vic's language. It, well, you know, you've been there before. You know what's happening. There was only one F-bomb this evening. I might make that the name of the show. Ladies and gents, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, see you later. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club. And about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, 
But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.